Welcome to Vitalnomics, the Church Vitality Podcast, a digital arm of the Church Vitality Network. I'm your host, Gary Moritz, and joining me will be today's voices in church revitalization and renewal. This is a place to find spiritual health, active leadership, and finding legacy over longevity. No matter where you are on the revitalization journey, God is writing your story through His church. He's called you to do it. So whatever you do, don't quit. Reach out and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you find this episode helpful, share it. If you have some helpful insights on revitalization, let's share them on the show. Now, let's get into today's topic. Welcome to Vitalnomics, where we bring clarity to vitality. Today, we're back in the studio with Jim Randall from Exano, continuing our conversation in the topic that we believe most churches struggle with in church revitalization. But before we dive into that topic, Jim, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Hey, thanks, Gary. Great, uh, great to be back with you. Uh, back with you today. Super, uh, super excited what we're going to be talking about today. And I love, love your introduction. Love what you guys are doing to help revitalize churches in New England. And uh, thank you so much for your ministry and your service to the kingdom. Yeah, this is so, so good. I'm, I'm so excited. You know, I started to think about what we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to share with a strange thought that I, I want to share with you. It's going to be strange. Listen, like, what do you, what do you mean? It's going to okay. Be- All right. So when I was a kid, probably in around third grade, I thought that if I ate Wheaties, the Wheaties cereal, that I would actually turn into the champion on the box. Like I actually thought if I ate this superfood, then I would be able to turn into the champion on the box. That seems, that seems weird, but I would eat them. And then inside of me as this little boy, I'd get psyched up and I would tell myself, you're a champion now. You can face the day. You have a plan. Now let's go catch the bus. And, and so my cereal story is kind of true what I do now. I go to work every day with a process, with a focus, knowing where I'm going. But, you know, I think what we're talking about today, you know, most churches, you know, know that they're going to be open on Sunday, possibly. But do they ask the question, where are they going to be open in two years from now? Do they actually know where they're headed? And so I think what we're going to talk about today is just organizational strategy of process. I mean, you can kick back. I mean, the weedy story is kind of weird, but I don't know, man. What, what's your thoughts? No, Gary, you, you nailed it. We, we've never talked about this, right? And so sometimes I would use the term, there's leadership by process or there's leadership by osmosis. And there's a lot of leaders out there that try to lead by osmosis. They just kind of just assume that uh, they can be a leader and just because they're eating the Wheaties that they're automatically going to all of a sudden become some, some great leader and they're going to be able to lead for, you know, lead their church to some type of revitalization. And it's not true, right? It doesn't happen. You got to have process. You got to have focus. Right. And so, um, and by the way, just to uh, pull that back around, what does it say of me if my favorite cereal growing up was frosted flake? Yeah. So like uh, full of sugar, right? And pretty much a flake, right? Uh, so I love your Wheaties much better than my Frosted Flakes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Wow. You know, in our last two sessions, you introduced the five irreducible questions of leadership. And I know we talked about the first two questions, Yeah. Uh, you know, what we're doing, and that's tied to the mission, and then why we're doing it, which is tied to the values. But today, we're going to really be covering the third question. And, and so what is that third question? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we, we transition around, you know, away from the what and the why to the how. Yeah. Uh, and, and truly that how is how are we accomplishing the mission at the broadest level within our church? 
Um, and matter of fact, the word that is going to get thrown around quite a bit today, a couple of different words here, it's going to be obviously the big word of strategy, but it's, it's really kind of taking strategy and breaking it down into what's our how. Yeah. How are we accomplishing that mission on that broader level? That is so good. Now, go sidetrack again. Like, you know, okay. All right. Strategy. Like, were you into strategy games growing up? Board I was. I've always been a big fan of strategy and, and, and yeah, board games. I can't say I learned them all, but uh, I'm always kind of a big fan of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I love strategic games. It always gets you kind of thinking like chess. You know, what's the next? Yeah what's the next move what's the next move well it's thinking you know it's thinking chess is thinking four to five steps ahead right yeah. most people and most people in life play a game of checkers which is just what's my next move All whereas right. chess is very much having to think three especially as leaders having to think several moves ahead so what do you see as the tension between having a good church strategy and a great church strategy like how, how does yeah. that relate to church revitalization yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great question, and I think there's a lot of different different things that leaders face. Right, um, the first thing I think we have to remember is that strategy is this it's this process. The strategy that we're talking about is a strategy of engagement. And what's happened in, especially what COVID did, COVID changed the definition of strategy uh, in such a way that most most leaders. And quite, and, and I'll, I'll go a step further. I think I'm going to say a couple of things, Gary. You I, you may agree with, may disagree with. I think that's the fun aspect that we can have it bantering a little, little bit and debating even. But I think that pre-COVID, the institutional church kind of saw strategy as uh, defined as, okay, what's it mean to be involved or what's it mean to be attending a church? Yeah. And I think what COVID did is it because the church became so distributed and the and the church became uh, not being able to not necessarily come too physically to church, all of a sudden strategy now became defined as strategy of engagement, meaning how am I engaged, which is different than attendance, physical attendance at church. And so I think what has pushed the envelope here a little bit, what we've seen is we've seen churches uh, kind of having to differentiate between strategy of attendance to strategy of engagement. So that's a one big one that I think the church that's kind of going through a, uh, a need for revitalization is truly having to define that differently. Uh, a second one is that busyness, let's just be honest with each other, busyness does not necessarily equal progress. Right. And, and I think most strategies that churches have, whether they've been stated or unstated, have been this kind of tension between thinking that in order for people to be involved at your church or active at your church, we got to keep them busy. Mm. Well, reality says is that busyness never really necessarily doesn't necessarily equate to progress or growth. Um, and I think there's a lot of studies in that uh, reveal study back in the day that Willow did That's right. was a great study that revealed that busyness activity does not equal spiritual, not does not necessarily equal spiritual growth. Uh, which which actually kind of also, uh, you know, maybe another way to say that is that just because somebody's going to something doesn't mean that they're growing. That's right. Yeah. And churches that are stuck, churches that are uh, plateaued, churches that are in decline, oftentimes they celebrate the busyness, they celebrate the going, and they celebrate that over 
progress. They celebrate that over spiritual growth. And because they don't have anything else to celebrate, Gary, they're just, you know, it's just like these, you know, we had people here, we had people show up. And so we're celebrating it. And I think it's a, I think it's a true kind of pitfall to church health, to church revitalization and leaders are going to have to rethink that. My, you know, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that that's so cool. It, it reminded me of yesterday's staff meeting. You know, we, we don't, we as a church, like we don't measure our seating capacity. Like that's not okay. A, no, yeah. Like we're, we're measuring impact. And so the, there was, we had this huge, huge whiteboard. I mean, the thing was covered from top to bottom of just outward touches, like mobilization of people and like yeah. and celebrating that of engagement. Like here's, you know, here's 30 families in our community that we nice. put a touch on. Like, we're, so yeah, I agree with you, man. There's, yeah. there's you know, pushback there. Um, so how does like, how does Exano find like the top key strategy components in healthy churches? Like, how do you discover that? So if you were to take out for a few moments, let's suspend the idea of, say, venues or strategy as where people formally go. Right. Uh, we kind of identified that there are really three, uh, there's three experiences or there's three environments that someone who's truly connecting in your church or truly becoming assimilated into your church, engaged in your church, if, if you're going to take a step back and look at them, you're going to see that they are engaged in, in these three ways. Yeah. Um, and we see these rise at the top. They're somewhat of a uh, Western world or the United States or North American type uh, right. strat- uh, strategy. And that's that in some way or another, they're engaged in a worshiping experience. They're engaged in a connecting experience and they're engaged in a serving experience. Mm. So if it, when we take a step back and kind of go, okay, a church that seems to be killing it with a sense of vitality and health, yeah. they can they can identify that people are 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 coming together in some type of 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 worshiping experience. Now, that can be and oftentimes is seen as a corporate gathering. Right. On a on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Right. Right. But it could also be on a Wednesday night at nine o'clock in a virtual way for people who travel or for people who are, you know, not not near where they can um, uh, be physically in person with another, you know, somebody else you know, an or a church worshiping. Right. So that that worshiping definition has changed quite a bit through the years. Oh. Right. Yeah. Connecting. Uh, I could be a part of something in a worshiping environment and having a worshiping experience. I could, I could be there. I could have an amazing experience being uh, before the kingdom to be ushered before the throne of God. And, you know, just a, just a, a wonderful spiritual moment for me, but not necessarily feel a sense of connection, feel a sense of belonging. And so we're going to come back and say that if you're going to have any chance of, of really the progress and the, the vitality of moving forward, people have to sen- have a strong sense of connection. Yes. So we're going to say, what is your connecting environment? Now, every church that could be different, that could be as formal as a, as a small group environment. That could be as formal as a, it could even be as traditional as a Sunday school environment right. that's vibrant and it's healthy. 
but you know, it could also be a, uh, it could also be a discipleship group. It could be a micro group made up of two to three people who meet on a regular basis to, to, to understand what it means to grow as a, to become a disciple and to begin discipling other people. Uh, there, there's a lot of things, what it means, but what it does mean is that, that some way or another beyond a large gathering, whether that's virtual or in person or whatever, where they feel like they can plug into that as an independent person, um, unconnected to other people, that there is this secondary, this secondary experience or environment that's about connecting them, accountability, yeah. biblical community. Yeah. And then that third one, Gary, is I think kind of, you know, quite frankly, one of the fastest growing of the three. And that is a a a a working out or a giving away of your faith. It's exercising your faith in such a way that other people are being blessed. So we talk about a serving experience. We talk about a serving environment where they are, they are once again, exercising their faith so that other people may either a come to Christ or grow in their relationship with Christ. And if we can take a step back and, you know, if a pastor or ministry leader can come back, take a step back and say, Okay, yeah, I get it. Those three strategy components are pretty critical in the total body life of the Christ, of the church. Yeah. No, that's that's good. I think if churches just start there and then right. say, hey, do we have these things going on? They're probably going to answer the vitality question pretty quickly, like why they're dying or maybe why they're not performing well. Yeah, that you you hit it. And we really, you know, really if I were to make a comment. Most most churches that are stuck, they may have evidences of one, two, or maybe even all three of those in some way. But what's happened is church activity, yes, and all of the opportunities that are done at the church create this this overwhelming activity at the church to where those three priorities get lost. Yeah. Um, and this is with all due respect, they get lost with with Tuesday night bowling night. They get lost with, you know, with the 15 things that we are sponsoring on on Wednesday that no one really understands what they are. But there's so much activity going on that a, a typical church will lose the prioritization of your main components. And, and that would be my word today. You know, even even at whether you've already developed your strategy or whether you're going to develop your strategy, don't let the activity of the church, the busyness really overwhelm and quite get to the point to where you stop elevating these key strategy components. Yeah, that's so good. So I'm sure there's people listening and they're like, okay, so that's cool, but I need to figure out my situation. I need to figure out my church. So how would a pastor? Yeah. Or ministry leader determine their strategy of engagement. Like, where would they begin? Yeah, you know, um, you know, like a lot of things, it, there are challenges right out there. I go back to one of my dear friends, Eric Geiger, in ministry, uh, wrote several years ago the book Self "Simple Church" with Tom Rainer, and uh, kind of a great Eric would say a kind of a great philosophical approach to what it means to simplify as a church and to you know, kind of come back and, and Eric made a comment to me one time. He said, he goes, we wrote a great kind of thesis, you know, a philosophical approach to being simple as a church. What we definitely need to do now is make sure that churches have a roadmap to be simple, to, to have a roadmap to figure out what their strategy is. 
and and that's where, quite frankly, ministry leaders like yourself come in, Gary and myself, where we're practitioners of helping churches. We're we're doing it ourselves, and we're helping churches to simplify. And and I would start right with what I just shared. I mean, identify your worshiping environment, identify your connecting environment, identifying your serving environment, and begin to eliminate all the things that are creating sideways energy around that. And so the starting point, uh, what I would say for a ministry leader is to go in and wrestle with all of the activity that they have. We do a lot of exercises that would take, you know, quite frankly, hours right. uh, to, to articulate, and communicate, but really to go, okay, let's establish those three buckets. So I would say, start with establishing those three buckets and elevate those three buckets in such a way that that people at your church understand that these experiences are how we're going to accomplish our mission at the broadest level. So so if a ministry leader develops a clear church strategy, like, okay, so what's next after that? Like, what, what do they do? Yeah. So a couple of things, a couple of things come into mind. As a matter of fact, two of the, two of the downloads for this one is, is, is once again, the, the five irreducible questions of leadership, just kind of helping the leader kind of think through them. But the second one is a strategy picture. And I think that as they establish their strategy, it's important to take that strategy and help visualize it. I don't know about you, Gary. I'm a very visual person. I I like to see uh, I like to see the roadmap of where I'm headed. Like I'm not the type of person that's just going to get in the car and start driving to even if I have an awareness of my destination. I want to kind of know what's in front of me. Right. And I, I don't necessarily turn my maps on heading to the grocery store. But tomorrow morning when I when I head to the airport, I will turn my maps on, even though I have the, the route memorized. Yeah. It helps me to know how I'm progressing forward. Yeah. And what I would say to a ministry leader is one of the tools we provided was take your worshiping experience, your connecting experience, your serving experience and visualize it, like put it into a graphic, put it into something that that people will will all of a sudden go, oh, you want me to be a part of the worshiping experience. You want me to be a part of a connecting environment like a small group. Oh, you want me to be on a serve ministry team and to literally put that into a visual so that you can show your people and so that they can see that map. And tomorrow morning, you know, let's say I'm going somewhere new. Let's say I'm going to go to a, a, you know, a new location over in Tampa that's about two out, two and a half hours away from me. I want to be able to see like what it's going to take for me to get there. Most people are looking for that in our church. And we have done as ministry leaders, and I'm saying this as a collective we, we've done a poor job at helping them to visually see how they can be a part of accomplishing this mission, showing them how to be engaged in our church. We've just assumed, once again, leadership by osmosis, we've assumed that they are going to pick it up. We've assumed that they're going to pick it up, that they're going to figure it out. And then guess what? We get frustrated that they're not engaged at our church, yeah. that they're only they're only partially involved. They just show up at one thing, you know, once a month. And we get frustrated when, quite frankly, half the time it's because we've not done our part at clearly communicating it and then removing all of the distractions that keep people from it. So it's a it's a big deal. One of the tools, kind of fun little tools that I kind of provide as a download is just go, hey, draw like if you were to draw out your strategy, what would it look like? Is it simple? Is it reproducible? 
if you're in a, a grocery store and uh, you run into, a, you know, run into one of the moms of one of your team, one of your child's teammates, would you be able to clearly communicate to them how they can get involved in church? And if you can't, then, you know, no wonder that you, you're stuck in getting people involved in church because you don't have a clear way to communicate to how help people get involved in church. No, that's so that's so good. I, I am a, a big proponent on strategy and I know yeah. coming from a, you know, pastoring in a very unchurched culture with unchurched people, it's very important for you to be able to articulate it so people get it. Right. Um, right. If a person's not even a Christian, they're like, I understand, right. like, I get that. And I want to be part of that. And it gets them yeah. to say, I would even say, you know, you can push back. I, I even even say like, your strategy has to be good enough for even an, an unchristian to say, you know what? I think I might want to be part of that or I might want to yeah. out. Because Absolutely. It's inviting. It wants, it wants right. to pull along. You know, Gary, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. And, and I think this is something that if we're part of a church, if we're a ministry leader, first and foremost, I think it's going to resonate because I think all of us kind of wrestle with this, but especially if we're in a situation with our church that we truly do feel like we're at a plateau have you ever noticed, Gary, that when Easter comes around or Christmas comes around, we we simplify church, right? <laughs> right. right? Uh, yeah. We we decide that these are the two weeks of the year that we're going to make it easy for people who are unchurched to figure out how to connect with our church. Yeah. And so what we do is we shut down almost all activity. Yes. And we elevate two or three things in an effort to do them well. Yes. Okay. Like people who are unchurched are only going to come to church two <laughs> weeks out of the year, right? No, they're going to come every, right? And so what happens is uh, we sit there. And by the way, I'm one of these pastors. I was I was being a part of leading a ministry that was, you know, year over year consistently hitting the 800 barrier in, in attendance, right? Which is a huge number. I've served at churches of 50 to 100 to 700 to 800 to two to 3,000. And, and we were hitting that barrier every year. And in hitting that barrier, we couldn't figure out why we couldn't go to the next level. Every, every Easter, we would have two to three times that weekend attendance sure. only, only to have what happened the week after Easter. What would happen to that? Yeah, big dip. Big dip. It'd go right back to where it was, right? We, simp we simplified ministry. We had a clear focus strategy for Easter. But then when Easter was over, we went right back to all of the activity, to all of the distractions, to everything that created no bandwidth right. for someone who is unchurched. And I'll make this comment. like You can, you can reach 2,000 people or 1,000 people or 500 people or 300 people at Easter on this big day. But if you don't keep that that strategy simple and clear moving forward, they're not going to come back. That's right. You got to keep it clear forward and straightforward and focused for them to, to be able to come back. And we need to think that way. We, we've had successes of this in the past. We just need to figure out how to have that week over week, not year over year, meaning only at Easter year over year. Well, I, I love this talk today. I think definitely it's going to help a lot of people who are listening. And yeah. I hope, you know, I hope you all that are listening, I hope you're going to go ahead and download and, and maybe even start a conversation with Exon yeah. and start that conversation of like, hey, can you help me go further in this or explain a little bit more? Because, um, Jim, I know, you, you know, you've always said, hey, I'm available, available to talk. Absolutely. So that's that's good. 
That's good, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, they can reach out, Jim at exano.com, just J-I-M at exano, A-U-X-A-N-O.com. And you know, exano is a Greek word, Gary, that means to cultivate growth and health. And that's really our calling. And we really feel like God's given us a special desire to do that, a special calling to do that, and tools to help the local church, to help that local ministry pastor be able to do that. So uh, thanks for the opportunity to be able to share with the, with those that uh, really follow you and follow what God's got uniquely gifted you to do as well. Awesome, Jim. Well, thanks so much for being on today's podcast. And to our listeners, thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you on the next go around.